You are now listening to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. Christian Babcock, the host of the Hunter's Advantage podcast. And what we do on the podcast is we talk to disruptive companies in the outdoor industry, talk about innovative hunting solutions that are changing the landscape, as well as offer you tips and strategy for more successful hunts. All in all, I just want to help you become a better hunter by providing you with high quality knowledge and information that you can trust. Stay tuned. What's up, dude? How are you doing? Not too bad. Sorry for the delay. I had to, uh, <laughs> Jake called me at like five 30. He's hunting over a decoy tonight. And I was like, if he's calling me at five 30, he definitely shot something. He shot about 120 inch eight. He said, can you hear me? That's nice. I know. Yeah. I hear you. Cool. I know. Uh, I know you guys said that out there is not really the best, uh, best hunting out kind of in Vanita. No, it's not, but it was cool. He literally just sent me, he sent me like a snippet of the footage. Like the deer is at like 25 yards walking in and like to the decoy downwind and he just hammers it, runs 50 and falls over. It's sick. Man, that's that video you posted last year. Um, decoy hunting. That just seems like it's kind of, that just seems cool. I mean, it just oh, seems like something awesome. cool to do is to, to see them come in and posture up and whatnot. Dude, it's awesome. So I, as, as promised, I wrote absolutely no notes for this. I wrote no questions. So, Hey, here we are. Yeah, yeah, here we are. Here we are. Hunters advantage podcast episode 63. Welcome back folks. So Tom, uh, maybe you could just give a brief description into who you are, kind of how we met and then talk about the, your kind of role in the BHA thing just for to give people a brief overview of like kind of who you are. Okay. So yeah, I'm Tom Parker. Um, I know Christian has probably mentioned it or will mention it. Um, I am an adult onset hunter. I didn't start hunting until, Oh, I was probably 20, 23, 22. Um, so yeah, I got into it pretty late. It just wasn't something my family did. So I never got into it, but, um, I met Christian through Instagram. Actually. I, uh, Started getting into hunting. I had a buddy who said, hey, there's this guy, Christian Babcock. He's big bow hunter. You want to get into bow hunting, you should follow him. And sure enough, I followed him. And pretty pretty soon, I started just hammering him with questions. I'd, I'd, I'd DM <laughs> him and be like, hey, man, uh, you know, what should I do? What should I get? All this kind of stuff. And we just kind of became friends that way. And and uh, so, yeah, whenever I got into hunting, I, you know, like a lot of the things I do, whenever I get into something, I kind of go, I dive right in and try to get into it as much as I can. So I joined BHA, which BHA is Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. And kind of the main goal of that organization is it's a nonprofit organization and they kind of help maintain and, um, you know, keep public lands. So they work, we work with legislation and Oklahoma Wildlife Department and really just anyone who's interested in outdoors, whether it be hunters, fishers, uh, bird watchers, people that like to go on the trail runs, um, anyone that uses recreational land, like we try to partner with them, work with them, get boots on the ground. And, you know, we do a lot of cleanups and just take care of the land. And then, like I said, work with legislation to keep what we have and try to acquire as much as we can, uh, especially in states like, you know, Oklahoma, if you look at Oklahoma compared to Colorado, uh, big difference in that mountain. And, you know, you're down in Texas and, and I, I know the public land hunting in Texas is, is rough, you know, it's pretty sparse down there. So, um, so yeah, uh, I know BHA has chapters in pretty much every state. There's a few, like I know Delaware, um, we don't have a chapter there, but almost every state. And then even, um, three Canadian provinces have chapters. Um, so it's, you know, anywhere that you're all, you guys are where you're listening, uh, you can get involved, you know, reach out. They have, you know, every chapter probably has an Instagram, Facebook, and uh, it's pretty easy to get involved. And it's also a good way to get into hunting. Uh, there's a lot of guys that will take you out. We, we host events where we do like a quail hunt or deer camp or bear camp or whatever it may be. And then they also do like lessons. You know, we pretty soon, like our chapter, we have uh, farm to table 
class coming up um, where we just, you know, we're going to break down a deer and kind of show everyone how to process a deer and, and kind of do it themselves and whatnot. So it's a good way to learn. And that's kind of why I joined. And then also just wanted to, you know, dive in and, and learn more and help out and, you know, kind of have the team aspect of, of hunting. Yeah. Oh, dude, one of the, one of the things that I think is really admirable about you is like when you get into something, you go like absolutely all into it. So, and I've seen this, especially with bow hunting, as we've kind of talked for like the last couple of years, what's, how'd you get into to hunting as an adult? Because it's not something that's easy to get into. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so I played sports growing up. Um, that's all I did was baseball, basketball, football, you know, playing pickup games of other sports in my free time when I wasn't doing my main sports. And, um, through all of that, I was able to play college baseball and baseball is kind of always my one thing. And I got hurt in college, couldn't play anymore. And, uh, I kind of needed to fill that void and I finished college out, you know, my, you know, I almost joined military, but finished college parents wanted me to finish. So I started working at Cabela's, uh, while I was finishing college. So being around everyone there, talking about hunting, seeing everything, you know, getting those discounts on all the gears, um, <laughs> that, that kind of played a part in it. And, you know, one of my, one of my buddies, the buddy who kind of told me about you, his name's Brock Stuber. He, he's a big hunter. He's hunted his whole life. His dad hunted his whole life. Um, and we played baseball together. That was kind of something we did together. And we started, he, he hunted, he didn't get to hunt as much because of baseball. He played in college. And so me wanting to get into it kind of brought him back into it a little bit, even though he didn't have as much time. So he helped me get into it. And uh, it just kind of grew from there. I just, you know, I, but like you all do, I started off on Facebook with hand-me-down, you know, hunting clothes. And uh, I started off with waterfowl, you know, Um, I'm sure, you know, waterfowl is kind of easy to get invited to more the merrier kind of thing. Um, deer hunting is not so much like that, um, a lot of times now. So that's, that's kind of how I got started was Cabela's and just friends, you know, what was important for you to get started? Was it like having somebody to go with, was that really important to you or, or what like made a big difference? Cause you're obviously doing it here several years later. Yeah. So starting off and even now, um, like I go hunt on my own and whatnot, just cause I know enough to, you know, like get into saddle hunting now. So I, you know, I can get up in a tree myself. I have land that I can go hunt and, and whatnot. But even now, and even more back then was having someone because, you know, back then I didn't, I didn't know anything. You know, I, I, I'd shot guns before because my dad was a police officer. So I'd been around firearms. And, you know, when I first started, I, I was mainly my first really two, two, three years into hunting, you know, I started in 16 and, um, I went, I, I got a recurve for my first bow and <laughs> that, that was really tough. I got it cause it was cheaper and you know, my buddy had one and I was like, you know what? I it's just this. a piece of wood. That's why. Yeah. You know, it was cheaper. So I, I got that and just got some, you know, arrows at Cabela's and I was able to use discounts. So, it, you know, it was just cheaper that way. And I was in college, so I needed the cheaper route kind of. So, I, I got into recurve and rifle and, you know, with recurve, it's one of those things like I hardly knew what I was doing. So I, I mainly rifle hunted my first couple of years, but yeah, starting out, the most important thing to me was having someone because having someone to, you know, show me where the deer may be or just at the, after, at the, after the fact process is the hardest, even now, you know, I've, I've killed two deer, harvested two deer. Um, and, uh, I've, you know, gutted them myself and i cleaned one of them and processed one of them myself with the help of my buddy the other one i didn't have anyone to help me and uh so i took it to a taxidermist and butcher and had him had him do it um but i you know i kind of take pride in wanting to do it all myself you know i'd like to i got a dehydrator last year i plan on getting a grinder this year and i really want to um do it all myself and learn to you know package it and everything uh so having someone to walk you through that process was, was really, and I'm, I'm seeing it now again with my dad, you know, my, I got my dad into hunting and I got him his first bow and, you know, he's 62 now and he just got into hunting at 60 was his first year to, you know, shoot a deer. Um, and so he's trying to learn from me. Uh, and I don't know, you know, a ton myself. So I'm seeing it with him where he doesn't really want to go out as much, 
without someone because the confidence in you know tracking a deer, getting it out himself and kind of doing all that. He doesn't have that confidence yet. Yeah. Well, I didn't really think about the whole processing a deer because I've been shooting deer since I was eight. I don't think I had to like process my own deer till I was like 14. Like my uncle eventually after he gutted so many, he's like, no dude, it's your, it's your turn. You're an adult now. And they handed me a knife, but I didn't really think about that. Cause if you're an, an adult onset hunter, let's say somebody that doesn't have a mentor and just starts going and hunting by themselves. What the frick are you going to do when you walk up on a dead deer? Like, yeah. <laughs> what do I you mean, do? The first, the first thing I did was I got on YouTube. I found this 10 minute video and I saved it in my saved videos. And even to this day, you know, like I said, I've, I didn't, I didn't harvest or I didn't shoot a deer last year. So I shot a deer in 18 with, um, I shot a doe in 18 with a rifle and a buck in 19 with a rifle. And last year, 2020 was really my first year to, you know, 16, I hunted three times and 17, I didn't hunt at all because I didn't have access. Um, 18, I hunted once because I didn't have access, but I got invited out one time. And then in 19 was probably again, like three times. Um, and so then in 2020, like last year was my first year to really get out and I hunted probably, I mean, more than a handful of times I went out and sat, you know, it was probably 10, 12, I mean, every weekend pretty much, uh, yeah. I, you know, I worked through the week. So I, I, every Saturday, Sunday or whatnot, I try to get out when I could. Um, so uh, yeah, I just looked up a YouTube video and even now I still watch it because it's, you know, it's been almost two years since the last time I processed a deer now. So I, I, just to refresh my memory, like every now and then, like if, if I'm feeling, feeling good, like, oh, I might get a deer tomorrow morning. I, I'll like 10 o'clock at night, I'll be sitting in bed watching that YouTube video, trying to get prepared for the next day. If I, if I get a deer. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that's pretty crazy. I mean, how did you go about like getting properties to hunt as an adult? like onset hunter did you have buddies help you out with that or like what was because i think that's going to be one of the big issues is people finding places to hunt obviously there's public land but in a place like where i'm at in texas that's that's kind of few and far between around dfw it might be a little bit easier in oklahoma yeah so i i've gotten lucky um honestly my in 2016 i got access to there's a 120 acre property out in sparks that i still have it saved on on x because i loved that property and i just keep an eye on it. Cause you know, I'm like one day I'm going to buy that property kind of thing. Like I, it was just, it was really, it was a really nice property the way it was like laid out. And, um, so when I worked at Cabela's, there was a mailman that would deliver every day and him and I would always talk and he had a YouTube channel and, uh, he hunted up in Kansas, but he filmed YouTube videos out of that sparks line sometimes. And one day I was just like, Hey, I'm in college. I'm new to hunting. I don't have the money to like pay for a lease. Leases are getting more expensive than they used to be. I was like, is there any way you think I could hunt out there? Um, and he was all for it. He said, yeah, I usually just like shoot does out there or film YouTube videos. I hunt up in Kansas and the owner kind of gave me, like, he wasn't even the owner. He just had access to the owner because he delivered his mail and they became friends from him <laughs> delivering mail to the guy. Yeah. So uh, he kind of had free reign on the property and uh, gave me access. So whenever I asked, I, I was like, you know, can I hunt out there? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, you know, I, I'm looking out for my buddy. He's my best friend. Uh, I don't want to hunt alone because I don't know what I'm doing. Can my buddy go out there with me? And he was he was all for that, too. And he was a little hesitant, but was like, yeah, that, I'm sure that would be fine. So he took us out there and showed us around. And we lost access the next year because one of the owner's friends uh, got access. And I think it kind of came down to like a him or us thing. So the yeah. mailman shows himself and like said, Hey, you guys can't hunt out there kind of thing. And I understand that completely. And then after that, um, uh, at church, um, the property I have now is there's just, you know, somewhat wealthy doctor up at, up at the church I go to. And he knew my sister really well. Cause my sister was a youth pastor there and, you know, loved my sister cause she was so good with, with kids and stuff. And, um, so my sister had a really good relationship with him and I had my, my sister asked for me and, uh, he said, yeah, I give him my number and I called him and, you know, I got access to that and in 19, but it was late 19. So I didn't hunt out there in 19. So it's been, you know, just about three years or two years, I guess now that I've had access out there. And, uh, so that's the property now. And then my dad's an ex police officer, like I mentioned. So he's a very talkative guy. I mean, he, he'll talk your ear off, you know? And, uh, so he knows people, um, he'll ask around and 
talk, you know, he'll get to talking about someone or with someone and it, you know, they, because he talks so much, he touches on every topic, you know, and then it always comes to hunting or something. And so he's gotten lucky and talked to some people that put us in touch with some other people that had, you know, land and didn't, you know, farmed and didn't hunt and was fine with us hunting out there. So we, we have one more property or two more properties that we got access to now that he hunts one and the other one we were going to hunt this year, but we lost access to a lot of the property that we were supposed to be hunting and we still kept one of them and we just don't hunt out there because we didn't have time to scout it because we were scouting the different property. So really just talking to people, building relationships. And, you know, like I mentioned, I know I got really lucky because I've talked to, you know, everyone else out there who, you know, they get told no a thousand times before they get a yes. And I've gotten lucky where I, I've just ran into the right people, built the right relationships and been able to hunt some, hunt some property. And then OLAP land. Uh, I started off kind of hunting some OLAP um, and before I hunted actual like WMAs, you know, I know I, I hunted with you guys um, first weekend of October and that was awesome. Um, I really enjoyed that. And I want to do that more in the future because I kind of fell in love with doing that, but I, I started off with OLAPs as well. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I mean, I think you've got fairly lucky through relationships and stuff to be able to have these other properties to hunt. But I think another way that people could, get pro new properties to hunt as maybe an adult onset hunter or just someone that wants to get new properties, just like finding a way to exchange some sort of value with the landowner. Like we used to have this old lady that her name was Shirley and she was like 85 years old and she let us duck hunt and fish on her property, like pretty much sole access, but she made us come like sweep out her garage for her. <laughs> and so I was like, that's a, that's a freaking deal. Uh, so I think that's another way that people could do it. Like you always hear like people on Facebook, everyone's like, can I get some permission? And everyone's like, yeah, the old, the old guys on there are like, you need to go do some work for, yeah. <laughs> for a farmer before somebody lets you hunt. Well, yeah. Anytime you see posts like that now, there's 230 comments on it. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I actually had some luck with that early on, you know, I, I mentioned waterfowl. So I did some geese and some duck hunting. Like early on, I was kind of the first introduction to hunting, um, my second kind of introduction was I had a lot of interest in trying to do like predator, like coyote hunting, just because you can do it all year round and people, the whole aspect of, Hey, can I hunt coyotes out there and or hogs? And people are like, you know, yeah, you can, you know, now, nowadays hogs, a lot of times people like to charge for hogs cause they can. And that's just how, you know, people will pay for that now, you know, but, um, I started off there. There was a guy on Facebook that had coyotes behind his house and it was like 80 acres or something and posted on Facebook. And I was the first guy to reach out to him, I guess. And so I started coyote hunting out there on his property. And, um, there's another guy I went to college up at, um, UCO to finish out whenever I was done playing baseball. And this guy owned a ranch. And I, after class, I went up to him, I said, Hey man, um, you know, I'm not trying to overstep or anything, but, you know, I know with ranch comes, you know, you have cattle, have pigs or chickens out there. I know predators can be a problem for, for those kind of things. And, you know, I don't know if you have time to get out there and kind of take care of them or do any predator control, but if you want someone or, you know, if you wouldn't mind, I'd like to go out there and, you know, I have a, I have an electronic call and hunt some coyotes or something for you. And so that was another way I, I got, and I never, never turned into deer hunting out there or anything, but, right. you know, it gave me something to do and get more acquainted with, just being outside, being in the woods, um, watching animal, it just kind of got me another step and got me like built my confidence up to do more, you know? Um, so yeah, I had some luck with, with that as well. And, and just trying to hop into like the nuisance stuff to build a better relationship to get into, you know, something, something else. Did you ever, ever have any luck shooting any coyotes? Yeah. Yeah. I, I got, uh, you know, I, I never did a lot cause you know, back then it was, I was working, uh, I was going to school full time and I was working two jobs. Um, so I didn't go a ton, but I shot, I shot two coyotes, um, uh, while I was hunting. Um, but so, yeah, and I enjoyed it. It was, it was a good time. You know, it's fun watching them come into the call and stuff and, and, and you know, it's a different kind of hunting than deer hunting. So it, it was enjoyable. Yeah. Since you're like one of the gun nut, one of my gun nut friends, we, we ought to get into one of those, uh, like coyote competitions where you like check in in the morning and go do that. 
because Man, I, yeah, me and Hunter both to, want to do that. I used to keep an eye on those all the time. I was on, you know, like three or four different predator pages and I wanted to do it, but it was kind of the issue also of like, I was so new into hunting. I wanted like a group of friends. Like I wanted to, you know, I wanted to get a group of guys together to go do it. And I never really had anyone who had interest, but I used to be on all those predator hunt, like Southwest Oklahoma predator hunters. And um, when I worked at Cabela's, they actually, Cabela's worked with, I don't know if they worked with the wildlife department, but they hosted um, a predator hunting tournament. Um, and I remember I was working that day and there's check-in there. They did the check-in at night and man, it was a lot of coyotes brought in and there's actually a guy that got in trouble because, uh, you know, there's always the ugliest coyote competition or biggest coyote smallest, smallest. And then there's, uh, the biggest cat kind of thing. Well, a guy brought in like a cat and he didn't have a fur bearer's license and didn't know he was supposed to, and literally, you know, went up to the game warden and was like, well, you know, look what I got. And the game warden was like, okay, can I see your fur bearer's license? And he's like, what do you mean? <laughs> and so oh, this guy, no. you know, I, I don't really remember what happened, but I know, you know, they took him off to the side and I don't know if they, you know, confiscate his firearms or, or what they did but he he got in some trouble for it and just had no clue what i mean probably a newer hunter as well and you know didn't know what he's doing or something and so yeah it was kind of funny to to watch but um i yeah i always wanted to do one of those predator hunting tournaments just because it's kind of like you know you can make an all-day thing out of it just driving around different plots of property and you right. know with a group of guys and that's that's one thing that you know i'm sure you've talked about it on podcasts before, but like the camaraderie and hunting, um, depending on what you're hunting can be like very good or very bad. Um, and something like that, I'm sure it just seems like kind of like with when I went goose hunting, it just, there's a lot of camaraderie in that it feels like. So that's something with sports that I, I just, I, I'm drawn to that camaraderie. That's kind of why I joined BHA was the camaraderie. Yeah. I mean, we got to have some of that on our, uh, on our first week, of October first weekend of October when we went on that hunt and like there was like six of us sleeping in the wall tent that's kind of like even though it's like mutual suck when nobody's seeing any deer and you're freaking trying to drill the tent stakes into Plymouth Rock because yeah. it's I mean that aspect of it sucks but just like getting away and getting to do it with all like your your buddies like there, there's nothing better than that that's one of the main things I tell my yeah. wife all the time like she's like you won't go hunting by yourself and I'm like no like what is hunting if i have no one to share it with yeah it's it's just another activity it's but i love that aspect of it too man one of my favorite parts. oh yeah it's i mean it's that's my favorite part is going out with other guys and you know memories and friendships and like i said with it's like baseball to me that's how i treat you know i treat it like sports you know anything i do in life i use sports analogies and i mean that's just that's what it feels like to me. It's competition, but it's friendly competition. And it's also, you know, competition between you and nature. And, you know, it's kind of like a one-on-one, but you also have your teammates there to, you know, give you advice, help you out. And it's just, I, I love that. I, that. That's my favorite part of it is just having, having that team, having those friends there. Yeah. So, I mean, one of your, um, one of the things that BHA is involved in is obviously they're huge advocates of, public land right the conservation of public land the acquiring of more public land those sorts of things what was it like um having your first like bow hunting experience on like a a wma i know you've hunted olap you said but what was that like in the first week of october i know you talked about falling in love with it what'd you like about it so much oh man um you know i did hunt in 2020 i did go on an elk hunt um up in right Colorado. yeah so that's right. yeah so i was able to do some kind of wide open public land hunting there um but I don't know. It's just a big part of it is being central Oklahoma. Um, you know, you're, a lot of cedar trees, um, flat, or you might run into just like pretty barren and no trees. Um, and I'm a big, like, I just like being out in the woods. You know, obviously I want to see stuff and, you know, be able to shoot a deer, but being out there is like really cool. Cause I enjoy just seeing a new property and going and walking the property and just seeing like, Oh man, that tree looks like it's, 300 years old and i just like that's cool to me um so being out there and being you know in a different region of oklahoma and seeing the types of trees and you know the types of bushes and plants and you know it's just in, in the vast you know here all i see is you know i've seen bobcat before and but it's like it's deer is what i see but you know knowing that i have a chance to see 
all these different species of animal. And I, you know, I saw hogs and like you mentioned, and I think your last podcast that you saw, you, you were able to, you know, shoot a hog and I saw hogs chasing each other. And it's just, it's so immersive. Um, there's just so much more to take in and also just, um, just a little, I, I felt appreciative to be on, you know, public land, land that, you know, we all own, you know, it's, it's all of our land, like, you know, and it's also more difficult, you know, you, you hear people talk about how difficult it is to, you know, kill a deer on public land. And um, like you were talking about, you know, the suck, you know, you just kind of got to embrace the suck a little bit. And it feels, you know, if, if stuff was easy, people would get bored. And, you know, um, anything worth doing is hard and knowing I'm out there and it's, it's harder to do, it just makes me look forward to the success even more, you know? So it's just, it's just a cool experience, you know, not just being on the property that we were on, but just like all the background stuff, you know, um, of it too, just kind of makes it, makes the experience more rewarding, you know? And it was just, and obviously it was beautiful out there. So that was, that was a big part of it too. I like, yeah, I freaking love how it looks. Just the immersion of mostly pines, but some like mixed oaks in there, like the dry creek beds, just the different contours and all the land. And oh, yeah. one of the freaking sick things about Southeast Oklahoma, one of the reasons I fell in love with it, one, well, a few things. One, there's so many, so much public land. It's hundreds of thousands of acres down in Southeast Oklahoma. And in a single sit, you could see an elk, a whitetail, a hog, um, what else? Bear. Any bear. You could see a black bear. Got plenty of those on camera. Uh, Jake yeah. actually quit hunting one of his spots because it had a black bear on it. <laughs> but um, all of those things, like almost all of the big five, like big game animal. You can see so many of the big game animals and it's just, there's turkey, there's all that kind of stuff in that one little area. And it's just, oh, it's so sick. Like it's such oh, yeah. a game rich environment and it's pretty too. So it's like, what else could you, what more could you ask for in a single well, piece of public land? And I mean, like pine trees are perfect for, you know, getting up in, you know, whether it's a hang on or a saddle, that's one of the things like that, that week, the weekend of, you know, opening, opening weekend of October is my first weekend to take my saddle out. And it was such, you know, I'm lucky that that was it because I didn't have to, you know, in the middle of the middle of the dark, in the middle of the night, climb up into a tree in a spot I've never been and worry about hacking down limbs and getting right. up in the, I mean, it was early October, so it's as is, I got up in the tree and I was just soaked in sweat, you know? Um, so I'm glad I didn't have to cut down the limbs and I had a perfect tree that I was able to just climb up in, you know, soft wood that everything was able to bite, you know, my, like I didn't mess any set, like setting up the stuff. Um, so it was, it was nice to like have that perfect setup as well. Um, so that was kind of, I enjoyed that. Yeah. We've got a bunch of our, of our buddies still use like the climber. And like, it's hard to argue with a climber in that part of the state because every tree is a climbing tree. Like you get up in Northwest Oklahoma, you get up in Northeast, even North central. First of all, there's most trees aren't straight and there's so many limbs hanging off all these trees. So it's like, and they're huge. Like you can't get a climbing stick around most trees in North central Oklahoma, like, but a pine, it's like every single one of them is just the perfect size. You can get up there, oh, yeah. get up there quick. I mean, it's, it's awesome. It's perfect for that. Yeah. There's, you know, there's the, the spot I hunted down there. Um, I mean, there's a multitude of trees I could have chose from and it was, you know, where you didn't have any, you wouldn't have any limbs to give you trouble until you got 35 feet up in the tree, you know, and I'm not getting that high with, with my saddle set up anyway. So yeah. it was just, it was, there's so many different areas that could set up and, you know, it's one of those things you get up in a tree in the morning sun comes up and you're like oh i see a trail over there perfect there's a tree you know right overlooking that you know trail and you can move and it's it's just so versatile out there it's just you have so many opportunities to set up and, and, and hunt and i mean like i said just being on public land and knowing that you know everyone has access to it and it's it's something to be prideful of you know and something to be proud of you know your state and you know just your fellow hunters that you guys are able to get out there and do that. And, and it was awesome that, you know, I didn't, it, it's so vast down there that I didn't, I didn't see anyone the whole time I hunted, you know, I, it was just me down there. 
Yeah. And so it's nice, nice to be on that, you know, cause one time I hunted Olat property. Um, there's one that's not far from where I live. It's up around Guthrie. Um, I couldn't tell how many miles it is, but it's not very far. I mean, it's like 14 miles or 20 miles or something like that. And I got out there and there's like three other hunters out there on like an 80 acre piece of property. <laughs> and it was just like, okay. Oh, I pull in. There's like, there's like two, two trucks and like three hundred out there. And the sun comes up and like, I can see the other like orange. And I was like, ah, okay. <laughs> All right, be headed home. <laughs> yeah, so it was nice to be on that vast of a property. It's uh, I felt spoiled, you know, and just lucky to be out there to have a state that had that, you know. And like I said, we're we're working to try to get more, and you know, be able to have more for for hunters to to go and enjoy, and not just hunters, but anglers, and you know, whatever you enjoy doing out on public land. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. I mean, we were sad when you couldn't come down for that first week in November. It was freaking the perfect time to be hunting down there and weren't able to make it i mean so but it's something that you plan on doing going forward right oh yeah i i mean i hunting down there and then hunting it, it now obviously i still look forward to you know i'm gonna go hunt out and hunt saturday morning um and i'm still looking forward to it but in the back of my mind i'm like ah it's not like it's not as awesome as hunting down down where we were hunting um so I'm definitely, yeah, it's definitely something I want to do more. And, you know, like next year, I already have another Colorado hunt planned for next year um, that I'm trying to get together. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely something I'm going to do more often. And I have a couple properties um, out in northwest Oklahoma that at some point I'd like to take a trip out. And probably not this year, but maybe next year, do a, do a trip out to northwest and kind of get even a different kind of Oklahoma hunting in instead of, you know, big massive trees everywhere having you know more vast you know kind of rolling hills and open land and see if you know maybe i can get a, a mule deer i think that would be awesome i think mule deer are just awesome animals man i'm, I'm obsessed with getting a mule, mule deer yeah it'd be so cool to get one in oklahoma too out in the panhandle yeah. yeah there's some big ones out there i just think they're few and far between but it seems like people kill big ones every year yeah yeah it's pretty cool it, well, don't be giving away all your hunting spots. You're gonna you're gonna have a crowd out there now. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> it's there for everyone to enjoy, and you know, as long as other people, as long as the sport's growing, you know. And I know we've talked about that before. Is you know how it's it's not, and that's right. another thing that you know backcountry hunters and anglers wants to do. You know, with all these you know little clinics and you know stuff that we do is just try to grow the sport and. You know, we do a lot of stuff with, we try to try to do a lot of stuff with families and get kids out and get their kids involved and help teach the kids how to, you know, hunt and all the skills that are needed to hunt. Um, so that's, I mean, yeah, there, there may be a little more people out there and I may have to work a little bit harder, but I know I'm not opposed to working, working a little bit harder. And, you know, some people, you know, won't, won't do that. And um, I'm okay with working harder if, if it means more people are out there and join, join land and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, our, our little special Southeast Oklahoma spot that we all hunt. I mean, there was dude, probably five, six X of what I'm used to seeing the amount of pressure out there, especially during a weekday. Like everyone had taken off work to go hunt there. And there was probably 50 vehicles in there. I mean, there's weekends really? where I've went. Yeah. There's weekends where I've went and seen one other person in there or two other people in there. And I don't know if it's because of Facebook or what, but the pressure on these areas is, so much greater but it's like a double-edged sword on one side i'm like that sucks i'm gonna have to work harder right someone could walk up on me but on the other hand if everyone's spending you know if everyone's legal they're buying their licenses they're putting their money towards conservation i'm kind of cool with it you know yeah. it's like yeah it stinks but at the same time it's like hey if we want to keep this dying sport alive and we want to continue to have all these lands we need to have money and you get that exactly, through selling licenses. Yeah. So, exactly, yeah. It's an expensive world to live in, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's nice to, you know, hunters and anglers are, you know, the top. that They pay the most into conservation. I mean, they're, they're who to thank for all that we do have. And, you know, people kind of forget that and don't realize that. But all the public lands and all the, you know, salaries for, you know, people to work it, you know, come from, come from us. And the more we can put into it, you know, the, the better property, the better the property is going to be, the better, you know, the 
deer are going to be taken care of and researched and the more we'll know about you know the deer the deer population and you know like you said double-edged sword there's going to be more people out there but um there may be more deer better population you know and, and whatnot or more property you know more property may may be acquired at some some point or they're going to be able to grow you know the olap i don't think the olap program's you know very old and i know mm-hmm. that every single year they try to acquire more property and you know get more farmers or landowners on board with what they're what they're trying to do and i mean that olap program is a great i mean a great benefit you know for instance some of the property i look at that's uh northwest oklahoma um one of the properties is like a six thousand seven thousand acre olap property i mean that's yeah that's that's like a small wma right there and it's a good size one yeah yeah i mean that's that's all thanks to the wildlife department being able to work with landowners and acquire that land and just give hunters more opportunity to get out and the great outdoors you know and just discover discover it and, and whatnot so it's pretty neat uh so i want to take a little bit of a turn for someone that's an, an adult onset hunter i'd like to hear about your first harvest of like a big game animal as an adult onset hunter what was it like shooting your your first year harvesting that what was the feeling um so it was a doe. I shot a doe with a rifle during holiday antler last hunt in 2018, um, out in kind of Western Oklahoma, Western central Oklahoma. Um, and she was pr- pretty good sized doe. And, um, I was with my dad. So it was a pretty cool experience. You know, my dad was wearing jeans and a hood. I mean, we were in a blind, you know, we, we got lucky. We, we kind of spoiled, you know, my first introduction into deer hunting was, was box blinds and they were heated and Ooh. you know that's yeah there they was i got kind of spoiled and you know i those are all you know fine and good and whatnot but i, I do enjoy being out in the saddle and just kind of like you experience nature a little bit more i think because you're just out in nature you see the forest wake up you know and whatnot when the sun comes up and i think it's awesome but so yeah i was in a box blind and you know it was it was like a 25 yard shot with a rifle so it wasn't very wasn't very far, pretty, pretty easy shot. Um, and you know, after, after I shot, you, you know, what sets in, you know, I was, I'd, I'd sit there, try to talk to my dad and it was just like, like I was, uh, shivering, you know, I was, I was shaking and it would come out and kind of like, like I was vibrating, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so I was, yeah, I was super excited. Um, and I mean, yeah, it, it's hard to explain. I was just super excited to have that opportunity and, um, I immediately was happy that I had, you know, my, my buddy Brock, he's big into like chickens. They, they, he, they don't buy meat, you know, they, they produce everything themselves. And so my first thought was like, I was excited to have meat in my freezer and be able to, you know, provide for my family. Cause you know, back then I was in college still, um, or no, no, I just graduated, but, um, I was able to provide meat for, you know, my, wife my dad my mom and it just kind of takes you back to you know the beginning of you know civilization you know when when that was how we we survived as humans and it kind of gives you a sense of just accomplishment and being proud of of yourself and the ones who came before you to be able to to do that so i was super excited to be able to do that and then the work started you know i had to you know drag the deer and um while i was hunting out of a blind the, the my dad's best friend that let us hunt his property was like hey you're you're putting the work in for this like you're dragging it and you're getting out of here you know you're not using the polaris you're not going to throw it into the back of the polaris and, and get it out of here so i dragged it out and, and then we got it up in the truck and uh you know that that was my first experience with gutting the deer and um then my my buddy helped me process that one my my first year i was able to i think it was the next day um i took it over to his house and we got it up in a tree and i skinned it and you know had the had the hide and he helped me you know quartered it out and process the whole thing and grind up you know everything that needed to be grinded up and have the good good cuts of steak and as the good friend i am i gave him some meat you know he got he got some steak and whatnot you better know, not have been backstrap 
Um, I think it, I think it was, you know, I think, <laughs> I think he got, I kept the tenderloins and most of the backstrap, but I think I gave him maybe like a roast and, um, like, like two steaks, like one for him and his wife. Um, and maybe two or three pounds of hamburger as well. Um, just for helping me out. So, um, it was awesome. You know, it was an awesome experience to be able to do that. And, um, the second hunt 2019 was even more meaningful though. Uh, my dad and I, my dad and I hunted together. Well, not together. He hunted, you know, a couple miles away from me, but it, it was his first time to hunt. Um, you know, that time he just sat with me and watching me kind of get into it. Baseball used to be our thing. So I started hunting when I was like, you know, like I want this to be our thing now kind of thing. So he got into hunting and my dad's kind of an old school guy. So I bought him for Christmas. Uh, my mom and I, and my sister got him a 30, 30, uh, lever action 3030 and so he was super excited to use it we got it to him we gave it to him early um uh to be able to hunt for rifle season and we went out on the same property um i was hunting um, a different property my dad was hunting the property where i shot the doe um and my dad had this you know i'm not like i said i'm new you could probably look at the deer and age it um yeah but big body deer gray you know all of his all, all of his antlers were broken off from fighting. Um, I mean, he, the main beams were there, but I mean, everything was kind of down to nub. Um, but, and he had, I think we ended up counting three puncture wounds um, from fighting. Um, and my dad was able to shoot that deer. And um, when he tells us he shot his first shot, he just missed, he just missed completely. And the deer did not go anywhere. He just, you know, stayed there, looked at him, and he shot again and was able to down the deer. And then an hour later, I had a um, eight point buck come in and I was able to shoot the deer and down it. Um, so it was like right after my dad had gotten the deer back to the property, I was hunting close to the cabin. And so he got back and then my gunshot went off and I downed my eight point. So we have pictures of um, my deer and my dad's deer and him and I together that night. and his buddy doesn't hunt anymore because he's had some injuries and he just ma- he managed the land for his granddaughter and for us and to be able to, you know, get people involved in hunting. Like he would let people come out there and hunt every now and then and just, you know, let people use the land for good. And, uh, so then he, then the work started again, you know, I, I got in my deer and took care of my deer and everything. And then my dad got to do his first one. And he was jokingly trying to pawn it off on me. And I was like, no, this is, this is you. Like you gotta, you got to take care of this. So, um, it was awesome to be able to do that, do that together. And, um, I'd like to write a story about, about that hunt, uh, for BHA at some point they do, um, these articles that you can write in. And the the main reason being is, you know, like you were saying, we're talking about adult onset hunting now. So for me, uh, 22, 23 year old getting in hunting and then getting my dad into it at 60. Um, and then also just, something you know i've mentioned is the camaraderie in deer hunting can be tough like that's part of adult onset hunting it was tough to find other than good friends of mine like people like it can be very um inclusive uh to get into deer hunting um and to have my dad's you know my dad's best friend invite us out take care of us let us harvest the deer we wanted to harvest and just the fact that it made us happy made him happy and couple months after we harvested those deer, he passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just kind of ingrained that memory in our heads even more that we were able to go out. I mean, that was his, that was his last time. And, you know, we get to spend it with him and we get to harvest our deer and we have pictures with him with the deer. And, uh, I mean, my, he was my dad's best man at his wedding. So that story is, you know, it wasn't my first year, it was my first buck. Um, but that, whenever I think of hunting, I think of that, you know, the camaraderie between father, son, between a best friend, um, and just appreciate how nice he was to let us do that. Yeah. That's a really cool story, but it's even more admirable that he's, that he let you guys come out as like one dude that's just now starting to hunt another guy who's taken a dude that's taking his dad out to shoot his first deer. That's like a, You'll never forget that, man. That's like a really cool story. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, I think about it all the time, you know, it's just, 
I, I enjoyed it. You know, that property is awesome property and um, just to him, just the kindness of, of, of him to be able to do that for us and give my dad and I that, you know, we have 18 years of baseball memories that, you know, we remember and talk about and reminisce on every now and then. And now we have, we have that. And that's just, you know, you don't get those memories, you know, every day or all the time. So that's something right. that's definitely something to hold on to. And, and, you know, stuff like that is what keeps you going, you know, getting, getting out in the woods and creating more of those memories and having more of those, you know, stories to share. You know, I love, I don't have a ton of them to share. You know, I have, I have the ones I have and I'm proud of them, but I want to get, you know, I want to create more so I can get my kids into hunting one day and get more people, you know, into hunting um, and, you know, be able to be an advocate for, for the sport and you know do it the right way and whatnot yeah tom i think you're one of like you're one of the success stories of an adult onset hunter like you've not only have you got involved in it you've got your dad involved in it you um have like built out of like a network um of people that you can hunt with and that you know through hunting so what advice in the lens of that what advice would you give to someone who is just has not hunted has not picked up a bow has not picked up a gun they're just now starting to get interested in hunting. What do they got to do to be successful at it, to, to get plugged into it? So, like I said, I was lucky to have really good friends that had hunted since they were little. Um, so they, yeah. they really helped me out. Um, and then obviously working at Cabela's, you know, that I was able to, you know, not everyone up there hunted, but a lot of the people I was around had some bits of knowledge towards, you know, whether it's, you know, the one, one of my, friends was a big you know, duck hunter. So I grabbed what I could from him, learned from him, you know, and so that helped. Um, and, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, throw, throw plugs out there, but like I said, the BHA thing is one of those things where if you don't have the friends or the family, like I had um, to get you into it, it's, I mean, it, it's, that's the way I would have gone now if I didn't have what I had back then, just because like I said, we, try to get together and teach what we can. And then, you know, they, they put on camps, you know, or deer camps or quail camps or, you know, waterfowl camps and try to get groups of people together um, to get into it. And then, you know, there's, we have 14 board members, I believe, and everyone has their own little bits of knowledge. And then not just the board members, but, you know, every now and then we'll host like pint nights where we get together have dinner, you know, or something. And I think Oklahoma maybe has a thousand members. Um, so that's a thousand people that, you know, give or take, there may be some that are getting into it to learn. I mean, that's getting on the Facebook page and being able to talk with them, learn what you can from them. Um, that's a big asset. And I know, you, I, believe, I don't know how many podcasts ago it was, but you talked about social media and hunting. Um, yeah. And that's just, that's a big thing now, you know, I mean, there's, there's so many tools on social media, so many groups that you can join so many people that, you know, like hunters advantage, you know what I mean? Like I followed you guys, I followed you to learn from you, you know, you, you post instructional videos or you post, you know, just your opinions on things. And you even share a lot of, you know, I think recently you've shared, um, post about showing the age of deer or one of them you posted, like it showed, statistics on when the rut was um so just following all the people you can um and learning from them and then asking questions you know i didn't know who you were but i was, I was like you know i'm gonna message this guy and just send him 40 questions of yeah arrow weights and bows and all that kind of stuff and you know uh you just gotta kind of get out of your comfort zone a little bit. Cause you know, I, I didn't want to annoy you, but at the same time I was like, you know what, man, like I'm here to learn. And if, if my learning annoys them, you know, it's, I still benefit from it. You know what I mean? So um, it's just about getting out there, asking questions, you know, using social media to your advantage. Um, and then, you know, if you have friends or family, you know, pick their brain any chance you can. Yeah. I think that's important. I mean, I think, one of the quickest ways to get out of the sport of hunting is just not being willing to ask any questions for fear of looking stupid either to oh, yeah. like direct messaging someone or posting in a Facebook group, because some of these Facebook groups, 
are brutal. Like you ask something oh, yeah. stupid, like they'll destroy you. And that there's no room for that in exactly in getting exactly. people into the sport. It's like I shot a deer. How long should I wait? I'm like, if you can't give an honest, kind answer to this person, just don't even freaking respond because you're gonna send them yeah. right back out the door. I'm in I'm in Oklahoma hunting and fishing, and you know there's a hundred thousand plus members, you know, in, in that group, and um, you can get a lot of that, and that's kind of why some of those smaller um, smaller groups. I mean, you know, in a group like BHA or something, everyone's there for the same reason. Everyone's there to learn. Everyone's there for conservation. Um, and I, I, you know, I haven't seen any of that in in our Oklahoma chapter page where people are talking down or you know, everyone's encouraging. You know, you shoot a six point buck and you know, no one's telling you that, you know, you should quit hunting for the rest of your life kind of thing. You know what I mean? Everyone's right. encouraging and tries to find the best in every situation and learn what you can from every situation. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you can attest to this. I'm sure how many questions a week do I ask you? I'm asking you like, you know, on average, maybe one a day, just new things that I find while I'm out in the woods or something. Um, yeah just to try to learn more and more, you know, and same thing. I'm asking my buddy Brock, I'm asking people in BHA. I'm watching, you know, videos on YouTube every now and then just, you know, when, when I can't fill my fix of hunting because it's the week or something, or I'm on my lunch break at work and you know, I'm watching meat eater or I'm watching your guys' videos or I listen to your podcast. You know, it came out today. I listened to it as soon as it came out. You know what I mean? It's, it's one of those things. Um, you just kind of got to take all the information you can, just like with anything else, you know, sports, you know, you're going to go to trainers, you're going to practice on your own. You're going to talk to people, you know, you're going to, you know, it's just like that. You need to do exactly what you would playing sports or, you know, as an adult, you know, if, if you didn't play sports, but you have a job or you, you were in college or school, you know, doing your homework, you know, it's, it's just kind of getting in a rhythm of doing all that, you know, you're going to train, and watch videos and the repetition of whatever you need to do in your everyday life at work or to get better at it. Um, same thing with hunting, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've had, I feel obligated in a way to like respond to any question that anyone asks me because I had my dad and my uncle literally on every single hunt with me from the age of like eight to 14. And the amount of times that like we're just sitting there and I'm like asking them questions like, dude, shut up. And I'm like, hold on, I have another question. They're like, be quiet. And so I literally got to pick people's brains for just years of my life. So it's like I, you, you never learn if if someone isn't willing to, sh- to share that knowledge. And thankfully, there's a lot of people out there that, that are willing to share. And yeah, it's fu- it's, it's funny. Fu- it's funny you say that whenever whenever I was going hunting, when I first started with my buddy, and I was I'm older than he is, you know, I'm, I'm a year older than he is. And I felt like, I felt like a kid out there. Cause I was just like following him around and yeah. asking him questions as, you know, 23 year old man. Um, you know, but, and, and I hate that feeling, you know, I hate being bad at anything I do, you know, as you know, an athlete, whatever, you always want to be good at things. And I, my ego, you know, I, I struggle when I'm not good at something, but what I do when I'm not good at something is I work to better myself at it, you know, and, um, same thing, you know, I just gotta kind of get past that and put that to the side and know that you will be better at it. You know, it, it will come. It may be hard. Hunting's hard. I didn't get a deer last year. I haven't gotten one this year yet. Yeah. Um, and I'm still learning how to kind of, pattern deer and learning you know looking at a property and learning like oh this might be where they're at or you know they're going down this way you know it's it's it can get you know i see it with my dad you know he he gets frustrated when when it's you know he goes out there and um doesn't see anything you know and then they're on camera for four days in a row and then he goes out there and sees nothing you know and um, I was out there last week and 30 minutes after I left, the deer walks by my camera and I'm just like, ah, so, I mean, it's just repetition and putting in the work. Um, and that, that can be grueling, but hunting is a very rewarding thing once you put in the work and succeed. Yeah, no, I mean, it's always worth it at the end, but the yeah. process just tends to suck. So yeah. that's normal for people that are getting started and it's normal for me. It happens to me every freaking year. 
uh, like Jake Gaylord. We were right before the podcast. He just shot a buck. He's probably hunted hundreds of hours already this year and like, and just now succeeded. But uh, one thing I wanted to talk about right before uh, we, we sign off here is just for people that are listening to the podcast and you're more interested in like BHA, I, I actually did a podcast with the CEO of BHA, Lan Tawny. And okay. that's, that's one of my older podcast episodes. If anyone's wants to listen to that, but Tom, I think a lot of people that uh, listen to this podcast are in Oklahoma and a lot of them are in Texas. How do they get involved in the Oklahoma chapter of BHA? If they want to find you guys, connect with you guys, see what events you guys have going on. So, um, Facebook, we have, uh, it's the Oklahoma chapter of backcountry hunters and anglers. We have a group on Facebook. You can go and join that group. Um, we're always posting on there asking for volunteers, um, for events for, you know, for a while back, we did, um, some work with Oklahoma department of wildlife, um, as far as, you know, building cover for, for certain fish species, um, and, and whatnot. Uh, so we did work with them. We asked for volunteers for that. Um, you know, we have some projects coming up this, this next year that we're going to need volunteers for. Um, we did a 3d shoot this not long ago. Um, so we do a bunch of events like that and you can join that page. And, you know, we're always asking for volunteers and stuff and just, you know, people are always having conversations on there and learning more. Um, there's the Oklahoma BHA on Instagram. Um, that's, that's another way to reach us. Um, we do, you know, our social media guy does a really good job of updating and posting all the time and, you know, keeping you involved. You know, a lot of times if you post and tag, tag BHA, um, BHA will share your photo um on their story or whatnot and just kind of keep everyone involved and it just kind of makes you feel good when you know you're the bha is pointing you out and you know showing what you're you're out there putting work in um so those are two good ways and then um you can always you know always on the bha you know website you can sign up become a member um and with that you'll get the newsletter all the time uh, the bha magazine and everything um, and it's very easy to keep up with every chapter when you get that newsletter, cause it'll show like there's a, there's pages on there that will show every single chapter, um, listed out and what they're going to be doing, what they have like on their agenda or their schedule for the upcoming year, or upcoming months. Um, and then that's a good way to get a lot of stories. I mean, there are people send in stories there, you know, people like you and I, or, you know, everyday hunters will have a cool story like the one I told or something cool, like, you know, some of the stories you've told on your, on your podcast and send them in. And, you know, if, if it's written well enough or, or whatnot, it could get put into the magazine and, you know, be out there for everyone in the country to read. Um, and then there's also, you know, some deals and discounts and, and stuff you can find through their partners on there. Um, but becoming a member is, you know, a great way to help out and kind of take pride in the land that you that you're using and that you guys have, but so yeah, just jumping on the, the, you know, every chapter has a Instagram. You can go search just BHA in the search bar and chapters upon chapters will pop up. And then same thing with Facebook, just go to your groups page and type in Oklahoma chapter of backcountry hunters and anglers, and you can join and uh, get involved that way. You can send messages to the admins or just post, you know, on the main posting page and, uh, ask how you can help. And, you know, they'll, they do a good job of keeping you involved because we always need volunteers. You know, we always need people to come help out and do cleanups. When you go, you know, a lot of times we'll do go clean up public land and stuff. So that, that's kind of the best way is Facebook and Instagram. Cool. So how can people keep up with the hunting adventures of Tom Parker? How can so, they connect with you? My Instagram is TD underscore Parker 15. Um, you know, I don't, I, basically strictly post hunting stuff on there now you know i'm married and you know, i post the oblique the you know the the anniversary photo of me like <laughs> every year kind of thing you know yeah. um and uh you know i i still play baseball and, and stuff so i post some baseball and sports stuff on there as well so if, if that's something you're interested in as well you know but uh hunting season kind of when i post the most because that's kind of become my new you know love so yeah it's td underscore parker 15 is my instagram um and feel free to follow me there and you know, I'll follow you back. You know, I'm not, I'm not a big shot over here. That's not going to follow people back. You know, I'll take, take all the followers I can and I'll, I'll give you guys a follow back and uh, tune into your hunting adventures as well. And, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm always here to learn so I could learn from some of the people that follow me. 
Yeah, for sure. Well, brother, I think thank you so much for coming on the podcast. That was fun. We just oh, did yeah. a we just did an hour. Yeah, I had a blast. You know, it doesn't it felt like twenty minutes. So mm-hmm. we'll do it again. I have a uh, I have a, speaking of wife obligations, I have a Bible study that we're fixing to go to in ten minutes. So I got to run. Thanks for jumping on, man. This was a lot no of fun, problem, man. You have you have a good night, and you know, look forward to talking to you again, jumping on here again sometime. Sounds good. Well, I'm going to cut that right there, and I really do got to run. So okay. I'll send you a picture of this buck that Jake shot, though. That was fun, okay. dude. I thought you artic- articulated yourself really well. was really well said. I had fun. That was fun. We got to do this I, in person, though. Yeah, I had a blast, man. Uh, have a good night, and you know, don't get in trouble. Hurry up and get there. All right, I'm going to try. See you, bro. <laughs> See ya. Hey, guys. Appreciate the listen to the Hunter's Advantage podcast. 